And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm joined today by our guest, Amanda Foster, from Inside the Hall and Crimson Cast. And today we are discussing your number two ranked Indiana Hoosiers loss in the Big Ten semifinals to number 14, Ohio State, 79-75. This takes the women's record to 27-3 overall. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And Amanda, uh, in a game that really is not going to have too many banner moments, I'm going to go back to the play that Louie Meister made that I thought might be what got us over the hump. Back in the fourth quarter, she was got a, a, a uh, put back that I believe took us up to a 70 to 63 lead. And I kind of felt like that was going to be what got us over the hump, but uh, wasn't meant to be. This is We're going to get into this a little bit here uh, with Amanda, but it just was not a good half. An excellent first half of basketball was was punctuated by an almost equally or worse second half from the, from the Hoosiers. So our banner moment today is always sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. They now have over 120 schools in their lineup. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with a team, Homefield probably has something for you. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's our promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And we're going to swing it around to my guest today, Amanda Foster, for Amanda's analysis and get her initial thoughts about the game. Oh, boy. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, You touched on it just in the beginning of this. It was a great first half from Indiana. And then the second half, it was like they completely flipped from what they usually do in terms of coming out. And usually the second half is the better one for the Hoosiers. And this time it was they could not handle Ohio State's press, which they – in the other games this the, this past season, the regular season, when they played against the press, they struggled at times. Like, it wasn't like they knew exactly what they were doing, but they figured it out. And today, they just couldn't. And it was turnover after turnover after bad pass all the way across the court that went out of somebody's hands. Like, it was just – there were so many things that Ohio State was doing well in terms of pressuring them. And there was something about this game, about whatever was going on with Indiana, that they just couldn't – fixed their mentality it looked like and as the game kept going on it kind of didn't really matter what went right for them because Ohio State was just finding all of the momentum throughout the entire second half yeah and I will say one thing Amanda you brought up a good point about the press um, and and yeah we were you know with Ari and, and as well talking in, in our in our in a text set and where Indiana had really handled the last two years really even with Ohio State's pressure they they've struggled with other teams at times but I made the comment that I having, you know, obviously from a coaching standpoint, it's just unreal how something like that can snowball. All of a sudden you get a couple steals, you force a couple turnovers and the other team just really feels the energy. And then even for a veteran group, I mean, you saw this was, you know, this is about as veteran group as you could have had out there. They got back on their heels. They all, they looked very tentative against it. 
they they weren't cutting against it. They kind of got the ball in and then kind of stood and helped, you know, like throw it. And instead of – and a couple times they got the ball to the middle or flashed somebody middle, something positive tended to happen out of it. But I just think it's one of those – and I can't explain it. I've been on both sides of it as a coach where it just snowballs and you're all of a sudden you, – you, now I wouldn't have expected them to give up 24, 23, 24-point lead, but I don't remember getting the 24. The TV kept saying 24. I remember at 49, 26, but I might have missed one there. But it just – I would not have expected that. But that's what can happen. And Ohio State has shown when they're healthy – they did this to Tennessee a little bit earlier in the year where they got – it was kind of a close game, and all of a sudden they got the press going, and they just really ran them out of the gym in, in Columbus. So, um, yeah, just kind of your thoughts on, you know, again, go back to the press a little bit and just, you know, some of the things that we saw that, you know, especially some from the veterans who were seemingly making the mistakes. Yeah, well, and I just wanted to touch on, like you mentioned, I was talking about this during the game that – people might have forgotten how good Ohio State was for the majority of the regular season because they were undefeated until they played Iowa and number two in the country. And so it's not like this is a huge surprise on their part. It's a bigger surprise on the part of Indiana. Like you said, for some of the veterans, like I don't know what was going on with Mackenzie Holmes today, but she did not look from what I could see on the TV, which was not a lot, but she didn't look 100% and she wasn't driving into the basket like she usually does. And she was fumbling around with the ball. Chloe McNeil was fumbling with the ball and she had at least a few turnovers, I think, during the game. And it was it was definitely not what you would expect. And I think for when you see players like Mackenzie and Chloe and Grace had a pretty good game, but even towards the end, she was struggling a little bit when the, when the rest of the team sees their leaders and their most experienced players playing like that it, it I would be shocked if it didn't have some impact on the rest of the team in the way that they played yeah so let's use that to kind of segue into the ex- things that went as expected and I think that's going to be in the first half this team was firing on all cylinders they were moving the ball they were they were uh they were hitting shots and and uh, that's kind of what we've come to expect from this team yeah, a hundred percent. It was the the way that Indiana basketball was supposed to be played was played in the first half. And I would say for the thing that I expected the most that did happen was Grace Berger coming out and taking charge from the very from the get go because she really drove that first quarter, that first half, even for Indiana. She finished with with twenty points and, and four rebounds and six assists. So she had a relatively good game, and I expected her to, especially after yesterday, when she really didn't live up to all of her potential that we know that she can can hit and so that was the biggest thing and and like you said just everything seemed to be flowing so well in in the first half which is what you have come to expect from this team because that's what they've done all year and then unfortunately they just had whatever the the second half was um which was with the opposite of what should have happened yeah and it showed up in all facets amanda we had mm-hmm. uh and i don't want to try and get too deep into the numbers here obviously but we committed 13 turnovers in the second half. We shot 28%. I mean, about the only place we really were solid was at the free throw line. And, and that's kind of come to be the expectation. But I um, also want to kind of throw it to you. As it kind of expected, I thought Lily Meister came off and gave us some solid minutes on the bench. Earl. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And that was, I was just thinking that too, because she came in, she finished numbers wise, six points and seven rebounds. And I think she had at least three or four rebounds in the first few minutes of playing. So she, I've come to expect her to be a really strong influence in that aspect of the game, particularly. And we saw even towards the end of the game in the second half, when things were not going Indiana's way that she kept fighting for, there was one rebound that she didn't make the initial shot and then kept going back for that and eventually did make it. And so she has become 
throughout the season someone that Indiana has clearly been able to rely on a lot, especially when McKenzie is not playing up to her typical level. Yeah, and and so kudos to 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 Lily there. I think one thing as well. Do you have anything else to expect? Because when we have a collapse like we did in the second half, I'm not sure there's much we can say went as expected. I will say I'll add on talking about Sarah just for for Good a point. little bit because Good. she did she's four for eight from from three and she has played really really well in the past two games. Whether or not that's because they're in Minneapolis and she has a bunch of family and friends in front of her, who knows? But she has become she's I've been really impressed with her the last few games. And so I feel like maybe that this is the time for her to to step up even more. And she thrives in these really competitive environments. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I thought Sarah really got us. I mean, something a lot of that first half, that, yeah. that lead at halftime was really provided by Sarah Scalia because she got hot in that last five, six minutes of the second quarter. Otherwise, we're probably not up 20 at the half. So kudos to Sarah, as you brought out. That's a good point. So let's move on to the surprises. I think, obviously, we're all going to sit here and be like, the biggest surprise of all is that this team blew a 20-plus point lead in the second half. Yeah, there's. I I was sitting there towards the end, and I just had no words. All of nope. my family was texting me. My friends were texting me. I was like, I don't know what's happening either. I can't, I can't tell you this is as much a surprise to me as it is to anybody else. Yeah, I, and, and with that, I, I think that – one of the things that we talked about and, and we've seen the workaholics a little bit, just the surprise at how much they struggled. And, and they didn't seem to make any adjustments, at least what I could see on the TV. Again, I didn't right. think the TV angle was great. I would like to see a little wider angle so we can see how they were setting up. But they kept kind of throwing it to the corner or near the baseline. Well, that's the worst place you can throw it against the pressure like that. And so either set some screens or spread the floor out so you can kind of throw it over the top because Ohio State was face guarding the guards and so throw it over the top and and, and look that way but I, I just think probably the biggest surprise was you know like you talked about already just we just look like i don't want to say bad but or, or you know a not legit team that should be a number one seed but on this day in the second half this was as bad as we've seen this team play in the last two three years a hundred percent it was not i don't think there's even the most comparable thing for this season at least is the first quarter from from yesterday's game and other than that there's nothing that I can remember that they've looked like this and and one thing that I did want to bring up because this happened today and yesterday is the the offensive rebounds yes for because when looking at the numbers I guess so Ohio State finished with 13 and Indiana ended up with 11 but for the majority of the game Indiana had like three or four I think and they're I think they're allowing far too many second chances and second chance points to the teams that they're playing and that's consistently dangerous just throughout you know in, in any game you play especially as you go through the NCAA tournament and and that is something that I think they really can't afford to do and they didn't struggle with that until yesterday and today from from what I've largely been able to see yeah and, and the other kind of I'll go to a surprise here is that you know even though Ohio State made that run in the second half, they still really didn't shoot the ball that well. They only shot yeah. 42% in the second half. You would have thought for a run like that, that they would have been shooting like 60, 70%. You know, so look at it. Now they were 18 and 19 at the line. They took advantage of everything they had to. They got the turnovers. They got the, they got the free throws and everything going down. And, you know, they were 23 of 25 at the line for the game. So, but I think one other surprise here was, and I think this is something we also talked a little bit about yesterday, and maybe it's something we've probably been looking at, kind of overlooking as we go through. This team has to stop fouling. The, you know, mm -hmm. the surprise here yesterday, yeah. surprise today, how much foul trouble we were in, McKenzie especially, but 
But even Lily was picking up fouls yesterday. Yarden ends up fouling out today. We had a couple of people foul out yesterday, including Mac. I, it, you can't you can't send teams to the line as much as we have over the last couple of days. And, and to me, that's a huge surprise. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that one because it's in the regular season, you know, I feel like Lily and Yarden were the ones that were picking up the most fouls in the games and not necessarily like Yarden fouling out two games in a row is not um, as expected. Like that's a surprise to me, but to have players like Chloe and, and you touched on McKenzie getting up there in foul trouble, sometimes really early on in the game when you can't afford to be doing that is uh, again, just something that can't be happening in March. And that's just kind of, that's the bottom line. No, I, I totally agree with that as well. So um, do you have any other surprises you want to mention here in this segment? Ooh, I mean, um, there are a lot, but I think we can, you know, we can keep talking about the surprises yeah, I'll, for a long time. I'll say one more. I've, I've got the numbers in front of me. Points in the paint. Indiana had 26 and Maryland had 40. And again, that just kind of goes back to, to McKenzie, who was limited the entire game, three for seven, and then six for seven from the free throw line. But she finished with 12 points. And, you know, I hate to, to say that Indiana needs McKenzie Holmes to, to do everything for them because clearly they don't. But you could feel what was missing today. And she, they need to figure something out, whether she's having injury problems with her knee or if it was just an off game or if Ohio State was able to really lock her down. But that's not – like something needs to change pretty quickly. They're not going to be able to make it very far if McKenzie isn't even hitting 15 points, which not to take away from the other players on the team who can score in double figures. But we all know how McKenzie plays and how much she can impact a game. Yeah, and I think this is, a, you know, first of all, I'm talking about this kind of go it'll help us right go into inside the numbers. I think it's the first time all year that McKenzie hasn't shot above 50% in the game. Period. I mean, every I mean, she's been shooting almost 70% for the year anyway. But I think every game but every game before this she had been above 50%, you know, mm-hmm. field goal shooting. Um and, and so let's talk a little bit about McKenzie here. I thought she looked very limited. I thought she didn't look like she was moving very well. I don't know what exactly it is. That she's, she went into the locker room at one point there in the first quarter, and she did was wearing a little bit of a different brace today. So plus out of this, and I'm not sure there are big pluses, is you get two weeks now before you're going to play again. And exactly. if, it's, if it's something that's a bruise, if it's something of a little bit of there's just some tenderness, then you're going to be a chance to rest that, and hopefully that will get healed up. But I agree with you. And, and I thought Ohio State did a good job of defending her. I thought they did a nice mm-hmm. job. What I excuse me, what we used to refer to, coach, I did coaching wise, shading. They were fronting the post, so you couldn't just pass it right in. You were going to have to lob it over, and that got us at the end. Chloe really tried to force the pass in at the end when we were down two, and it got tipped out of bounds, and, and, and we ended up not really getting anything out of the uh, uh, out of bounds play. And then. Um, they were shading with somebody on the backside. So even if you did get a perfect lob in there, there was going to be somebody right there on the catch. So I thought Ohio, so kudos to them for changing up their defensive game plan. And they talked a little bit about it on the broadcast. What you got to do there is reverse it quickly to their side and let her seal and then flash back in, in, in from that. But um, I agree. Uh, the McKenzie Holmes we saw today is it was not the McKenzie Holmes we'd seen all year, but that's just shows how valuable she really is to this group. Exactly. And I, it was hard to tell from the, the TV cameras and the, the angles once again, because it, like I would have loved to just have my eyes on Mackenzie up and down the court the entire right. way just to see because I would think she would limp and then the cameras would switch. And I, so I couldn't really figure it out. But seeing that she went back to the locker room after the first quarter is not a great sign, even if it's a very a minor thing. And playing the, the thing that 
it, it is very good that they have two weeks off. I think that's very, very good for her and recovery and for everybody else. But if this is something that came up because they're playing back-to-back games, like two days in a row, that's, that's not great. In ter- like, I don't know, even if it's just a little bruise, it's still not a good sign because you don't have a lot of turnaround time in the NCAA tournament either. It's not necessarily like you're going to be playing two days in a row, but even, even still, if you can't recover in 24, 48 hours from something, that is a, a big concern going forward still. Yeah. So any other any team stats you want to mention here? I, we've mentioned a couple. So if, there, if we've talked about all the ones you had, go ahead. That'll be fine. But if you got any others, bring them up here. Uh, we touched on turnovers. I mm-hmm. think that was the other big thing. Um, and then on the flip side, I'll, I'll say that, you know, Ohio State's 14 steals to Indiana's three oh. is just the, the defense has not been up to par in either of the last two games that they've played. And that's just a, a number that I think really kind of, puts that into perspective yeah you gave up 53 in the second half today yeah you know, that's mm-hmm. yeah and i was t- and i tweeted at halftime I, I i everybody was you know there were some people on twitter kind of like well we're rolling the number 14 ranked team you know this is i'm like this ohio state team was one for 13 in this first half from three and they had a couple yeah. they had some open looks that didn't go and i tweeted it out off at halftime off the account on the doing the work account that Keep an eye on that because they can get hot and that will change the momentum if they if we don't do if we don't make an adjustment on that. And I think they hit three of their first four. Next thing you knew, mm-hmm. it really seemed like they had and then they were able to then they brought the press. They 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 and that was the key. They could make shots and put the press on that they didn't do a ton of in the first half because they weren't making shots. At yeah. one point they'd gone, they missed 13 straight shots that from uh, they started out five for seven. In, in the first quarter, and I even tweeted out that I didn't think the defense was solid there because we were giving up way too easy mm-hmm. layups, and then we forced them into 13 straight 13 straight misses, and everything looked better. But yeah. they are capable. This is like you mentioned. This is a team that was as high as number two and suffered without J.C. Sheldon being healthy for most of the year, and I thought she played well today. Yeah. And, and then also um, uh, the green girl, I can't think of her first name, that's been out all year with a, with a knee injury again. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a young woman that missed the missed the law of last year as well. So, um, so they, you know, they were doing that and they kind of went through that crisis of confidence after they lost to Iowa. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, it, sometimes you just got to get your, you know, kind of got to get straightened out and, and figure some things out, but I do want to point out a couple more as well. And you mentioned it about the turnovers, but we got beat on every basically statistical statistical category, which doesn't surprise you, but when you only lose by four, it is a little surprising that they scored, tw- they outscored us 21 to 10 off turnovers, 20 to 10 on second chance points. And as you mentioned earlier, 40 to 26 in the paint. And that's just not, you know, what we think of without you basketball. Yeah. And so what about some of the individuals? Let me see. It'd be I hard hope. to find a lot of positive. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, positive wise touched on Sarah Grace's overall stat line. Sydney hit a couple threes that were good and she was, you know, in the opportunities opportunities that she had, I thought that she was pretty good once again, kind of a bounce back game for her. But I mean, other than that, it's really hard to, and Lily, of course, but it, it's hard to just look at, at positives in, in a game that ended like this one did. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I will say I was a little surprised and I thought the press had a lot to do with this, but I would have liked to seen us maybe do a couple things more for Sarah in the second half, especially yeah. when they started making the run because she had been hot in the first half. And we've also we said this all season long that Sarah Scalia is a streaky shooter. 
And, and right now she seems to be starting to come around into one of those streaks where she can almost carry you for a week to two weeks. And that's what you wanted in Civil tournament time. Somebody yeah. who gets hot for two weeks is going to take you a long way. But they, it, it, but again, I think the press did have a lot with that. I don't think it was necessarily so much scheme as we just got so frazzled by the press. I think we really lost a lot of what we wanted to do on the offensive end. I will point out uh, Yarden Garzon also with 11 rebounds. She that's led true. the team. Yep. She had 11 rebounds. Um, she also had two blocks and three assists. So I thought Yarden played pretty decently for a freshman. I don't expect her to carry us. I don't expect her to be the one to write the ship mm-hmm. in that second half when things started going against us. I, that's where your veterans have to. That's where a little bit, you know, Sydney and, and Chloe especially, I think, got to step up a little more. And, and you know, because Grace even, you know, had two turnovers. But, you know, Chloe Mormon, you know, had four turnovers. That's almost unheard of from her. And then like three of them, I think, were on three straight possessions or three or four possessions. Yeah, it was it was once again, just going back to the press, but they didn't have a person in the point guard position who could effectively break it. And I don't I don't know who could do that. I don't know what like I'm I'm not like a coach. I have not played basketball, so I don't know what goes into that. But it was clear that they just didn't really know how to handle it. And nobody could. Yeah, and that's the one thing we're not having somebody like Nicole Cardano Hillary. And then we've been exactly. able, we've been able to get past it really this year. But what we used to refer to as kind of the one-person press break. Yeah. Just get it into your point guard, get it into your fastest guard with handles so you can get it. And that might have been where Chloe could have maybe done had a little bit of an opportunity. But once, like I said, once Ohio State picked up that intensity and just kept going. And let's face it, the, 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 I'm not going to blame this on the officials. You, the officials don't cause a 23, 24-point collapse. Mm. But the officiating did allow them to be aggressive. And that was I thought that played a role in it. But you got you got to adjust to that. As from the press break standpoint. So other than that, did you have anybody else individually you wanted to talk about? No, I really don't think so. I think we've hit on everybody. I, I will say this, and, and you brought it up. Um, the, the the theory girl for Ohio yes. State had eight offensive rebounds. She was herself. phenomenal. She, she was. was so good. Luckily for us, she only shot like seven for 15 off yeah. of those eight, made free, eight <laughs> offensive rebounds. But but just that that's a concern. And I think we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit later in one of our later segments as well. So uh, we'll move on toward our game balls and hustle award. All right, Amanda, we're going to move on to game balls and, or who gets the game ball for you today? I'll let you go first. Okay. I know, I know hmm. it's hard with this game, but we do pick out a game ball every game. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to have to go. I was trying to think about this before I came on because I knew that I would have to, to make a decision. Um, I'm going to go with Sarah, uh, kind of a combination of this game and last game in a way, just because it's March and it's the tournament. But because she, I was really, really impressed with her, especially today going four for eight, 15 points, looked very composed from beyond the arc. And like you said earlier, I wish that she had gotten a little bit more opportunity in that second half. Because I think Indiana really could have benefited from her um, her shooting, uh, especially from three-point range. And I think just the way that she came in in the first half was the way that she needs to come in in every game. And that would have been one of the stories if Indiana had been able to win. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I was kind of going back and forth between her and Grace. Yep. And, and Grace Berger had 20 points, four rebounds, six assists. But I really think if we'd won this game, we would really have been talking a little bit more, especially if it would have continued from the first half on. I think we would have really been talking about the, the input that 
Sarah Scalia had in this. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to agree with you. And we're, and Sarah Scalia is going to get the game ball here. Uh, and I forgot to put the scroll up, but that is going to give her her second game ball of the year uh, for this um, as well. So uh, congratulations to Sarah. And, and again, I thought, you know, helped him. Maybe we need to find a way to play a few more games at the target center for, for Sarah, but not the rest of the team uh, as well. So let's move on. Let's go to uh, our hustle award. And Amanda, I'll let you go first. For those who are watching our live YouTube feed, you can see the scroll so far of, of winners going scrolling across. Um, but I'll, go, I'll let you go first. Okay, this one's hard too because um, yeah. I'm kind of I'm in between two players, but I think and I talked about her earlier. I think I'm going to have to go with Lily Meister because of the the way that she came in and she didn't she played nine minutes and she had six points, seven rebounds, and five of them were offensive rebounds. She did have four fouls, and that we we talked about that being an issue. But she's a freshman, and to come in, especially in a game like this one in the second half of a Big Ten tournament semifinal and not be afraid to fight underneath the basket and go for rebounds and go for hard hard points and hard scoring is, is really impressive to me. And once again, I think that if Indiana had had a better result, that would have been something that I would have definitely written about or touched on or asked about in the postgame press conference because she was able to make such a big impact in the short amount of time that she played. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lily Meister. That's who I had picked out kind of down toward the end of the game anyway. So I was going to go with Lily Meister and, and I know it's a flawed stat, but she was plus three (laughs) in a game where we, in a game where it really got very ugly in the second half, Lily at least was a positive contribution on the floor. Like you said, five offensive rebounds and two block shots. So um, Mm -hmm. I thought Lily did exactly what was expected of her earlier. You know, we talked about expectations earlier and I thought she did what she was expecting. Another kid who went home, she's from Minnesota, had a chance to play in front of friends and family. And such. So that was, you know, I thought Lily played well. And I think she has a bright future. We've talked about her a couple different times on the show throughout the year, even with you here, that just, you know, what you see is kind of, you know, some of our workaholics sometimes refer to almost as baby Mac, that you allow her to get in the weight room a little bit. You allow her to keep getting continued work against a quality player like Mackenzie Holmes and and the coaching staff working her out. She has a very, in my opinion, that all their freshmen have really bright futures, but you, I think you really can see Lily be that next really good post player that can kind of follow in the mold of an Amanda Cahill, a, a, an Alexa Golbey, a, a Mackenzie Holmes. So I think, you know, I, I really have yeah, some high hopes for her going forward. Anything else you want to add in about the hustle award or the game ball real quick, Amanda? I don't think so. I think I've, I've hit on everything I wanted to say. All right. So congratulations to Lily Meister. That's her third and a half, three and a half now hustle awards for Lily on the season. And so let's move on to lingering questions. And I'm going to start this one out, Amanda, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to talk about it, but also kind of posing it as a question to you. I think obviously now the one big question we have is the health of Mackenzie Holmes. It was, it was, um, Yesterday we thought maybe you know banged a knee, maybe fell. wasn't quite sure exactly, but she looked like she had you know was a little you know a little tender. But we didn't feel like she was limping. Didn't really see much limited movement. Today when I saw her, and I agree with you, a lot of times we didn't get the best camera angle or the camera didn't stay with her. But it was almost like she had to take a little almost a little skip to get going. Mm-hmm. You know there was a little bit of a hitch. I call it a hitch in the step and and such. So um, and I know you weren't in the press conference today or anything, but I'm sure you'll have an opportunity this week to talk with Coach Moore and some press availabilities. But um, what, what if Mac is limited, and hopefully she isn't, but if she becomes a, a somewhat limited in, in, the, in the NCAA tournament, 
What do you think that means for this team going forward? That's a good question. I think the the one positive that is if she is limited severely to the extent that we saw today is that Indiana has two weeks to figure out how to play around her where they can take as much advantage as they can of whatever she can do, whatever, however much that is. So I think that is the one thing that would give me hope that if I were to find out that she had an actual issue is that they have time to adjust. And when they have a long amount of, when they have more than just like, I don't know, a timeout in a game, because clearly they didn't do well at adjusting today. But if they have enough time to go in and practice and get the work in, I think they can adjust to that. And that I I would be concerned definitely because you're taking away the top scorer. You're taking away Mm -hmm. uh, the top rebounder. I think she's a top rebounder. She's up there. If she's not the top, a national player of the year candidate. Exactly. Exactly. You're taking away the best player on the team and you can't just completely ignore that. But I don't, that's not an end all be all for this team because they're good with her and they're good without her. They're they're better with her, but they're good without her. And I don't want to jump too far and say like, oh my God, she's hurt. They're going to, like, this is awful. She might be fine in two days. We don't know. Mm. But it would be a problem, but it, it would not be if they were to, to make it or if they when they play in the NCAA tournament, I don't think that would be the end-all be-all if they lose a game is not just because Mackenzie Holmes is not at her peak performing ability. Yeah, I think the other thing too here, as you mentioned, that that was also maybe one of the things we didn't talk about much in the surprise is just that, and I'm sure they were trying. I, I highly doubt. I mean, there were a couple times in my coaching career over 20 years where I kind of was like, all right, you guys aren't listening. You aren't doing what I'm asking. I'm going to let you sink. You're either going to sw- sink or swim on your own. And, and they sank today. I have a hard time believing Terry Morin did that today in a Big Ten tournament game. I'm, I would yeah. see that much more in a possibly in a regular season game that wouldn't have had as much meaning as this did. But one of the things we've talked about time after time after time is the adjustments that this staff has been able to make at timeouts and especially at halftime. Now, again, Ohio State didn't show the press in the first half. I don't know whether that was by design or whether they just weren't hitting enough shots consistently. But it shouldn't have been a huge surprise that Ohio State could press you. So yeah. I was really surprised by the, the, the lack of an adjustment there um, by the team, by the staff, and maybe the staff was, and the the players didn't execute it, or they couldn't mm-hmm. just they lost it because they got so frat. I don't know, but that was definitely one of the surprises uh, with that. But I think you bring up a good point. I'll kind of follow that up and put push it back to you. If she is able to get back and healthy, uh, that's obviously a positive. But if she ends up being the Mackenzie Holmes we saw today, then it probably means a little bit bigger role for a player like uh, Lily Meister, doesn't it? I would expect so. Yeah, I would think I was kind of surprised we didn't see um, Alyssa Geary coming today too. because she did yesterday. And so I would I would expect that we'll see more from mm-hmm. Lily. We'll see more from Alyssa uh, because Alyssa is, you know, even though she she transferred in this year, she's an experienced player. Mm-hmm. She she has a, an increased level of maturity that I think they can take advantage of. And so but especially for Lily, I think um, we would we'd be guaranteed to see more minutes from her. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing about Geary is, like you mentioned, a veteran presence. She's been around and, and, and with that. And let's, and also, I think, not saying it'll be easy, but playing at home in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, you might be able to get even Mac at, you know, even if Mac's at 90%, you're probably going to be able to get through those two games. So you almost really mm-hmm. could think of it as like a three weeks. If you can get her, if she's healthy enough by the time you get to the regional, then that, to me, becomes probably the big point that everybody's going to be looking for. So, but I've, I've kind of gone with the lingering question here. Well, you got anything that's a lingering question for you? 
I mean, this is a very broad question, but just <laughs> what happened um, is, is the only thing that I, like, that's the biggest thing because it's just so uncharacteristic. And that's the, that's the concern that I have is like, why couldn't they adjust out of halftime? Was it because the players just couldn't kind of get it into their heads or was it because they truly couldn't figure out how to deal with Ohio State? And so it's kind of just like the, the big overarching question of why. And that's all you can have after a loss like this, I think. And there's no answer for it. They don't have an answer. No one's going to have an answer. That's just how it works. Um, but because so many things, it just they, they didn't play like they have all season. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wonder if because, you know, in the two games that they've played in March, they haven't played well uh, on the large part. They've struggled. And so is that because it's in the postseason and because they're feeling this pressure all of a sudden that maybe they weren't feeling before? Is it getting into their heads more than it did before? Because Terry Moore talked yesterday that they had to adjust their mentality and not the the schemes in, in the game yesterday against Michigan State. So is that a sign that maybe they're they're getting a little bit more, I don't know if they're like more nervous about the games that they're playing or they're just thinking about it more than they, they did before? Um, it's kind of the biggest thing for me because talent-wise, it's not like things have gone away. Unless Mackenzie Holmes is, is injured, it's not like they've all just lost their ability to play good basketball. So there's something else that's influencing that, and that's my question as to, to what is that and how do they fix it? And how and, and does it carry over? I think exactly. that's also the kind of the what you know. That's also kind of the second part of your question here is does it carry over? Yeah. And I think Sellersburg Flash and the, and the workaholics brings up a good point that um, I hadn't really given thought to, but he he brings up a, it was almost like they I thought yesterday in the first half they had a little bit of the deer in the headlight look. They just were like mm-hmm. you know they got hit by Michigan State. And it was like, ooh, we didn't expect this. Whereas I especially thought maybe in the second half today, he's right, where he says they were playing not to lose. They got to the point where they played not to lose and, and instead of playing to win. And I know that's cliche, but there is something to that. And, I, and oftentimes when you start playing not to lose, when you're just trying to hold on, is when you end up losing. And yep. I think that's, that's a big one as well. Um, I'd like to think that it won't linger with this team, but I did, I did mention this the last couple of weeks that, this team used to be in the hunter and now they have become the hunted and there is a different mindset that you're going to have to have when you are in that position. And I think that's a, you know, that's a, and that goes back to the question you were raising and we won't really know the answer until we get to the NCAA tournament to see how they do uh, with that. So um, one other lingering question I have here is, can you know? And, and I hate to say, again. It sounds like we're nitpicking. Our team is twenty-seven and three. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't play well today. They didn't play really mm-hmm. well yesterday. At all. You know, they were they got out of dodge yesterday, really kind of by the skin of the teeth. They sh- and we thought they were going to roll today, and then it just all collapsed. Um, can they stop fouling? I mean, they had twenty-two fouls today. I don't remember exactly how many yesterday. That's you, you got to find a way to get back to playing defense without fouling as much as they are. Yeah, there. I remember looking yesterday, and I don't know what the final number was, but at one point they had 26 fouls because yeah, so did Michigan State. And I was, I was like, how do you call so many fouls in a game? But they, their defense has, I don't want to say fallen off because obviously it's not just gone. But I, that is a question for me too, is, is will they get back to that defense that was only allowing 60, maybe 70-something points instead of getting up in the 80s and, and whatever um, because that you can't do that in NCAA tournament time, no matter who you play and no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. They gave up 80, what was it, 86, 87 at Iowa, 85 yesterday and ended up 79 today. I mean, mm-hmm. so they're averaging now their last three days. They're giving up well over 
not well over, but they're in the low 80s, which is not where this defense had been as well. So um, I don't have any other lingering questions here. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap this up, but we normally at this point we preview our next opponent. <laughs> well, but we don't know who that's going to be yet because we're still a week plus out from the, the NCAA bracket reveal, which will be next Sunday, not tomorrow, but next Sunday. I believe that's on ESPN. I don't have the time on that, but it's sometime in the evening, like seven o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Eastern. Um, and then, um, we may do something where we have kind of have a, uh, in the community to have a happy hour where we can get together and kind of watch the reveal or, or at least talk about the reveal a little bit. And then uh, along with assembly call, we'll probably end up, we haven't totally firmed this up, but we'll probably do something with assembly call like we did last year where we have kind of a men's and women's uh, bracketology type show where we go through the bracket and pick our winners and losers and, and, and how we think it'll play out. So, uh, so, you know, we won't, but we don't have an opponent to talk about at this point. You can also check out our Twitter feed. Uh, if you search doing the work on Twitter, you'll find us there. Uh, uh, and it's doing the work. I uh, also want to mention that you, on Twitter, especially we've been updating IU alums playing overseas, um, uh, especially in Europe. Well, the only ones I know of are in Europe. Amanda Cahill's in Luxembourg. Uh, Jory Davis is in Italy. Uh, Tyra Bus Davison is in um Lithuania and then Nikki Cardano Hillary and Alexa Goldberg are both playing in Spain. Um, you can assembly call will be on. Oh, excuse me. I forgot to mention that besides on Twitter, you can also check out our assembly call community page. And right now I believe we're still offering a free trial period on that. So if you go to join.assemblycall.com, you can join for free for the trial period as well. Uh, speaking of assembly call, they will be on tomorrow. After the Michigan game with their postgame show, that game tips at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. They won't be on right after. They're going to wait for the senior speeches to conclude and stuff. So that game, that assembly call will be on a little bit later than normal tomorrow. But you can catch them after the game and after the senior speeches. Also, be sure to catch and uh, subscribe to the next episode of Crimson Cast, part of our Back Home Network. And Amanda has a women's basketball podcast there with Crimson Cast. So catch her uh, podcast about the women's basketball there. And our next show, well, we don't know. Our next show will be sometime uh, in two weeks on a Thursday or a Friday, I think. It'll be when they, uh, the IU women will open up tournament play in Bloomington. Uh, that was one of the things I saw in the workaholics here. Man, I want to get your opinion on this real quick before I throw it to you for the last call. Um, I really don't think this is going to take us out of a one line. I think it may drop us down a spot or two, but I don't think we have any danger of falling out because both Utah, Stanford lost. I'm not sure LSU has the resume. Um, so I'm not sure it totally drops us out of one line, but it may drop us down to that third or fourth overall seat. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet from from Charlie Cream kind of right after the game ended that saying that Indiana is still a one seed. Um, the, there are too many other things that would have that happen that would keep them as a, as a one seed despite that loss. I could see dropping down maybe, like you said, in the, in the overall seating, but that would be the only thing. And I yeah. don't think that would that's not really that big of a deal if you if you think about it. Just, in my opinion, if you, you just really want to be that number four overall seed because I think you want to try and avoid South Carolina for as long as you can. If if you play out to where the seeding's supposed to be, you'd like to see you, – you, if you're the number two or number three overall seed, doesn't really make any difference yeah. because you're going to be in that opposite bracket from South Carolina, which I think is where you want to be if you can get to the final four. So And, you, and then you – because you just want to feel like that one game is what you got uh, with that. So we're going to throw it over to Amanda. For her last call and get you know, find out what she's got to think about today's game, which we I think we've talked about, but what she thinks about going forward too for this IU women's team. Yeah, I think the biggest thing 
obviously it's a it's a really brutal loss. It's a heartbreaking loss for them. No one is going to be no one is happy in that locker room by any means. No no fans are happy. Nobody who watches Indiana basketball is happy. But the thing that this team that I have absolute faith in is that they're going to use it as motivation and nothing else. You know, they're not going to look back and be super mad at themselves or get in their heads about it. I think they're going to do a really good job of learning from it and learning from the game yesterday and just the the last stretch of play here. And I think they're going to be able to to take it and and make some sort of good adjustment from it because that's what they've been doing all year. And that's just that's the the mentality of the team. And that's the personality that they have. So I think that is that would be the biggest thing that I would want to take away in some sort of positive light is that this is only going to fuel them further to to come out in the NCAA tournament and prove that the second half that they played today was not the actual team that they are. Yeah, and I can I'll follow up with that. I'll say kudos. I think Amanda hits a hits a really a nail on the head here because I think it, it. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm happy about a loss. I'm not, especially with the way they lost. If that had been a 79-75 game that had been a nip and tuck game all the way in, we we'd be like, hey, Ohio State played well. Give them credit. We were up 23. <laughs> so that's why it's such a hard loss to really accept. But sometimes you got to hit a little bit of a rough patch. Now, this isn't the ideal time in the year to do it, but it's better than two weeks from now. Yeah. So to kind of your point, just let's get them fixed. Let's find out, you know, let's get back into the film. Let's see what teams are doing. And and because I'm sure there are going to be some other teams out there that we'll see in that first, second, the regional, who are going to be like, hmm, how State gave them some trouble with that press. Let's see if we, and especially if they're a team that presses anyway, or at least feels like they can press some, so get back in there. Maybe take a few days off. You've got, you know, I'm, you know, get away from, you know, I'm sure they'll watch film. The kids will work at, the players will work out on their own and, and, and um, cook hall, but just give them a couple, three days, get away from the floor. Just say, hey, come back Tuesday or Wednesday and, 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 and get after it and, and, and get on the floor again. We'll start doing some stuff and let's get this solved. Um, because right now I just think that they're, you know, like you said, it's just, they, they just right now just aren't playing their best. That's the best way I can put it. So so, yep. you know, that's that's one of those. So but I want to thank Amanda for being with us. And if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com Assembly Call. Um, I'm trying to also do my production work here. Uh, you can be a part of our private community as well. And join again. We have a two, I believe, still part of the two month trial free today at assemblycall.com slash community. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our new logos. Also, a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you heard throughout the broadcast. I want to thank again, I want to thank Amanda from Inside the Hall and Crimson Cast for joining me today. Kathy was at, uh, had a previous engagement, couldn't be with us today. And she was, unfortunately for Kathy, she was actually going to make the trip to Minneapolis tomorrow. Oh so I'm gosh. not sure what she's going to do tomorrow. But hopefully, wherever Kathy is today, she's being safe in, 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 in her travels. And we want to thank all of you for listening. We want to thank all of you and the workaholics who come here every post-game show and, and listen to us and help us spread the word about doing the work. And we'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you soon. Just follow the community, especially, or the Twitter feed. We'll keep you updated on our broadcast. But I do know we're going to be, it's going to be at least a week before we're back on in. Or who knows? We might decide to do something and get together and see it and talk a little bit about what we think the NCAA tournament will look like even before the bracket reveal. But that's not nearly as much fun. We don't know who exactly, you know, I'm not a big bracketologist. I'm not a big, you know, I think they're going here. We know they're going to be in Bloomington. Who's going to be here? So we'll see. But I want to thank everybody. Until then, Keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers.
gonna have to get her pretty quick, but I'm gonna have to let yeah. Kathy know she should have been here. This mm. is <laughs> yeah, this is one of those games where a third person should have had to feel the pain as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Now I got to go write an article about it too. So uh, good luck with that. And then Thank you. Uh, try to, obviously you're, you know, there's only, you can't sugarcoat it to a nope. certain degree. It's, you know, you got to be as honest as you can about it, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, my whole afternoon tomorrow was going to be basically planned, planned, planned around IU men and IU women kind of going yep. back and forth. I was, oh, I was no. expecting to sit there and have the women on my computer at the men's game. So I guess that, that it's one less thing for me to worry about tomorrow, but well, and it was going to, I was going to ask you if we, when we finish this up, if you would have been available tomorrow, but I, cause I wasn't sure what, okay. So because <laughs> yeah, Kathy, no. Kathy was going to go to the game. So, okay. And plus we were kind of in that real, Jerry kept trying to say he thought it would work out, but I'm, I was looking at the timing and I was like, man, I think we're all going to bang. We're both going to be right butting up against yeah. each other. About the time the women finish is probably about the time the men's, the senior speeches are going to finish. So yeah. I think we would have figured it out overnight, but so, but anyway, Hey, I want to thank you again for coming on. And we'll let yeah, you, we'll get you. back in touch with you. And like I said, maybe we'll do something before, Probably not this coming week, but maybe the week before the that week of the tournament. Okay. Are you going to be able to track? Well, no, they're in Bloomington. I forgot about that. I keep yeah, so I'll be here for that. Yeah, so you'll be yeah. there for the games in Bloomington. So, yep. all right, hey, have a great weekend. I'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Too. Yep. yep. Bye. Bye.